Welcome to Let's Chit Chat, sis. I'm your girl, Kimmy. In this week's episode, we're joined by Dr. Tina, and she's helping us sort out the woes of parenting our young adults. And when we say young adults, they're fully functioning adults. They're out here in the world, but we can't seem to grasp the relationship or either learning how to communicate with our adult children. So stay tuned for this um, transparent episode where we talk about parenting adult children. Stay tuned. We have a special guest with us today, Dr. Tina. How are you today? Good. I'm good. I'm good. And I am not going to be formal. I'm not going to say this is the hottest conversation, hot topics that I always get mixed up and sound crazy because we will be really <laughs> laid back because this conversation is going to be really intimate. Like we sitting in our living room, like girls chatting about our kids and, you know, our kids, we're moms and we are so passionate about our kids. So, um, you know, I'm not even going to do a, a icebreaker, a hot topic that I usually do because this conversation, we got to get the meat in Tina. I mean, Dr. Tina, this is really a one that, I had um, scheduled for a while, and when I wrote it down, I, I kind of was had my hand shaking, like you know somebody that had serious problems, you know. So I said, "Let me go to the to the the girl, the the doctor, the know it all, and Miss um, Fly Lady, and first pastor. I mean, first lady. I can say first first lady, Doctor Tina, to give us some advice because um, you've been here before. You know, you know how it goes with us. We keep it real." And um, I just wanted to see, you know, if you can help us out. Because all of us here are moms. Yes. And we happen to be moms of adult kids. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of people out here um, that want to hear about, you know, this era that we're in with raising adult kids. Because I say raising them because they have their own mind. They have their own lives. But we're still in their lives, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, we wanted you to come on today. And we wanted to, like go around and give you some questions of how can we survive this period? Because it seems like this period is traumatic. You know, mm -hmm. it's traumatic. It's a good period, but because you see they have come into their own, but they haven't come into their own. Mm -hmm. You see that they, um, you know, they're trying to find themselves. Then you reflect back to, well, hell, when I was at that age, I was way farther than that. And, you know, Nobody, yeah. but then you say, but they're a lot smarter. It's a mm -hmm. lot of things that go through your head when you see your kid at 25 and you think about where you were at at 25, you know? So a lot of things are going on. Um, and I can say that for myself because I have a 24 year old and almost a 26 year old. So, you know, this is a, a challenging time. You know, my kids, both of my kids are educated and, you know, have degrees and they're, they're doing their thing, but they're still under my nest and I still have to care for them. And I mm -hmm. actually looked at um, something statistical that said that most kids are not leaving the house until 32. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, whoa, we're 32 <laughs> years old. You know what I mean? 32 years old. I mean, I got, I got the, the exit papers out my house at 17 because I graduated from Howland at 17, you know? And mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't do anything that was detrimental. I mean, I did some crazy stuff, but you know, I didn't do anything detrimental that um my parents had to come and get me or bail me out or anything like that. But you know, 
that was me and that was my brothers and sisters because we're all surviving. But it's different now. It's, it seems really different. So I'm not going to ramble on because I told everybody else they couldn't ramble on. So they probably said, shut up, Kim. But um, let me just go around. So um, this is Dr. Tina. And she is um, here. And let me just before everybody goes around, for those who don't know Dr. Tina, Dr. Tina, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Dr. Tina Scott. I have my own private practice here on City Line Avenue. Um, my doctorate is in healthcare administration, and um, I do a lot of consultant work with organizations, helping them to show up as the, their best self. And I also work with a lot of individuals. Um, I work with a lot of people you probably pass in everyday life and people you see on the screen. So I'm very passionate about helping people just show up as their best self and, and creating tools to help us just be better. That's what we all need. <laughs> and we, Celeste, we said this before, we need an appointment. We need more than an appointment. We still look, <laughs> we still look but we I, look, I, found my, I found my insurance card. So okay. we were trying. We were trying. You're going to want to book as soon as you get off this podcast. I know, because when y'all here, y'all going to want to get booked. So we will <laughs> just go around. And let's start with you, Chauncey, because I'm you know, Chauncey has adult kids, and Chauncey is actually a, a grandmom too, and she has honor children that's mm-hmm. adults too. So, Chauncey. Well, everyone in my house or everyone in our family uh, is an adult and they're all living somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So um, I like the topic of um, our podcast today because it's more than um, raising adult children. It's parenting adult children because technically we've already raised them, right? So um, I have two of my own and I have four Um, honored children. So they range from ages uh, 35. uh, Well, they range from 26 to 35. So um, I'm a grandmother and they still need advice. Um, Mm -hmm. They still need guidance in certain areas. And um, we're constantly teaching them. We're constantly sharing. I'm constantly learning from them. Mm -hmm. And, um, but yeah, there are times when I need to stay in my lane and I find it hard to uh, keep my mouth zipped and I have to learn to sometimes to just watch and observe and then offer advice or guidance when asked. Um, And that's often very difficult because when I see my children, I don't always see the adult children. I see the four-year-old or the seven-year-old. And even though they're towering over me at 5'11 and a half and 6'4", I still see the seven-year-old them. So that's those are the times when I have to step back and and remember who they are now and not who they were then. Keisha, hi, Dr. Tina. This is Keisha. I'm glad that you're here and much needed topic. I am a mother of adult children as well, and I have a 27 year old and a 25 year old, and also a grandmother of three. Um, and I'm glad Chauncey kind of, can I go ahead and get in, get into, get into it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm glad Chauncey kind of um, said how you have to um, uh, sit back and listen. And sometimes you can't um, do that. So I want to know, so I'm going to get right into it. What if you have been parent? Well, first of all, having two children, two different personalities, but sometimes you kind of try to parent the same. And it doesn't work that way. And you have one child that 
pretty even kill and you you pretty much get along and another one that it's difficult to communicate with how do you step back and to communicate because the whole thing is not to bash the, the children in this episode but to know how to do it better how to better communicate with your child and especially mm-hmm. if you I think have maybe done it wrong mm-hmm. in the past am mm-hmm. I clear yeah, yeah. No, you- okay you're 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 and very- looking back in retrospect Mm-hmm. And saying, wow, I, I wish I've done this, this, and this. And maybe we would be in a better spot because that, that's just, just just what it is. We want to mm-hmm. be really, it's about having family. It's about yeah. um, communicate and communicate effectively. Right, right. I think it's important when we talk about our children, right? And, and especially when we have two oftentimes we unconsciously or consciously compare them and they, and they are aware of that, right? And, and also, too, we may sometimes use the same tools that are proven to be ineffective. So when we see that, right, we'll ask everybody else, how should I communicate to my son or how should I communicate to my daughter, our adult kids versus saying, hey, listen, to your children, you know, I notice when we talk, there's like some disconnect. Um, help me to understand how I can communicate more effective to you. Like, what do you need from me? And what that requires is us to like humble ourselves, right? Because all this time we are like hierarchy to our kids. And as they grow, they become, they're, they're adults too. And, and, and someone mentioned it earlier that seeing my child as an adult versus that three or four year old child that I used to see. And, and we tend to want to talk to them in that manner. When we, when it's, 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 it's called now, it's, we're respecting them as well. It's not just that the child should respect us, but we should also share a level of respect to our children. And that's hard for parents because many parents is thinking that it's just one direction when it's bi-directional. But to answer your question or, or your comment or concern is that it's important to really have a conversation with the child, the adult child, and just say, hey, listen, I've been trying. I, I, I done did everything I possibly can do. What do you need from me? So we can actually start flowing and not having so much like resistance, right? Because the minute that we come into their space and we're like being like the the hierarchy, even though we are the parent, it kind of makes them put up like a defense mechanism. Like you don't see me as an adult yet. Like, oh, what's wrong with you? Right. And, and then the parent may say, well, I'm the parent. Yeah, you 60, I'm 40. Like, come on, like, I'm not running around in pampers. When are you going to allow me to use all, all the tools you poured into me? When are you going to let me start adulting? Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think Dr. Scott is going to be proud of me because <laughs> my kids are a little bit older. So I have 26 to 36. Okay. And so I've gone through the growing pains and my son was the one who taught me how to taught me how to parent an adult. Mm-hmm. And I use that line all the time. I've learned how to parent an adult. <laughs> <laughs> because it was true. I don't, I'm not perfect at it, guys, but I'm a little bit better than I was because as soon as I stopped acting like the parent and maybe I'm a little bit like the equal, now they really want a parent. Is that crazy? So when I stopped saying what I thought they should do and I just wait for them to come to me, mm-hmm. 
it's exhausting now. It's like, mom, what do I do? I'm like, no, no, you're, you're grown. Please don't call me. Huh? No, mom, seriously, tell me, tell me. Something just shifted when I stopped being so, you know, on top of it. I see them falling, 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 want to catch them, but I let them get real close and then they ask for help and then I help. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, it, it makes a lot of sense. I remember hearing a pastor saying this and I'm going to jack it up, but I'm going to do it in my interpretation. <laughs> he mentioned that when they're, when your chi- children are children, we're responsible for raising them and teaching them, right? Mm-hmm. And we do that and then they get to a certain point that we can't keep telling them what to do acting like they're four or three we got to kind of step back it's almost like that bird that we've been teaching them how to get ready to fly out the nest now we can really let them toss out the nest because if we don't let them go out if we don't help them they're going to go out anyway they're going to go out with some resistance mad that you're not supporting them so at a certain point when you see that they're ready to fly and that you poured all that they that they need you got to like sit back and when they come to you just be ready to help them and support them, right? Not criticize them when they come back. Not say to them, see, if you would have just let me tell you when I was trying to tell you, you wouldn't be right here right now, right? Because at the end, think about it. When I was younger, and I and I see it in my sister, I see it in my children, like they want to be able to try to fly on their own because so long we've been their training wheels. So now they're trying to prove that they are somebody. We already see that they're somebody. And really what we're trying to do is stop them from making the same mistakes that we made, right? And I think about when adults used to tell me, Tina, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do this. You don't want to do that. I'm like, they are old. They don't know what they are talking about. They not letting me be me, right? And then guess what? I make those mistakes. And in hindsight, 2020, I'm like, dang, I wish I would have listened to so-and-so, my mom, whoever, because then I wouldn't have had to go through all that. But for whatever reason, our children feel like they got to go through it because that's how they learn. And so often we want to protect them from so much. But what we need to do is just make sure we're available and not criticize them when they come to us because they will come. And they're going to respect the fact that you allowed them to make decisions on their own. I remember my son, when he was trying to figure out his high school, and a lot of parents didn't agree with me, with me on this. I let him pick out his own high school. I wanted him to go to Lower Marion. He said he didn't want to go to Lower Marion. I really wanted him to go to the best schools. He wanted to go to a school in Philly, right? He went for a year, and, and guess what happened? He eventually made the, the, the decision not to go to Lower Marion, but we moved in Havertown and went to Haverford, right? He made that decision on his own and I wanted him to be able to start making decisions on his own for his future at a young age, right? Because I knew that we would not always be around. Too often we want to think for our kids and not plant the tools in them so they could think for themselves. And then when they get 18, 19, we're like, why are you not thinking? And they looking like, well, you 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 never made me think. Right. You did everything for me and now you now you want me to think on my own? So really just allowing them the space so they can really start thinking about things without you feeling like you got to be the helicopter mom. And it's a lot of moms that think that's a proud title that I'm the helicopter mom. Mm-hmm. That means you're going to be helicoptering while they're 50. Like you really mm-hmm. need to teach them. You need, you need to teach them survival tools. And, and I don't, I, I don't understand. I don't mind saying being like the safety net for your children because they need a safety net. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't get angry if they go left and you were saying go right. Cause maybe left was right. 
but just be there. Like when they come back, like the prodigal son, when he came back, his father was there with him with open arms, right? Right. And that's what we got to do with our kids. And I feel like we have to be punitive when they come back saying, I told you so. So hopefully that makes sense. And I, I try not to be too long-winded. No, I mean, that that's, um, that, that hits right on the, um, the button because I always think about, you know, parenting um, your kids at this, this age. And I say a tender age, Dr. Tina, because they are also trying to find themselves, you know, they're trying to find themselves and, you know, this is an age of um, experiments, you know, and we did it all too. We, we was out here trying to, you know, figure out a lot of things. And, and I like when you say the helicopter parent or mom or, you know, dad, you know, that's a hard thing to let go. It really is. I mean, I can tell you, I am really guilty of that. And mm-hmm. it caused me to have a strain with my daughter, not really my son, because I don't know, I think it's a different type of bond you have with, with your, your son. Moms and boys, I mean, I think they tolerate a little bit more from mom because my son, you know, I just, I don't know. But my daughter was was challenging to me. She really made me um, search myself, you know, and, you know, for the longest time, communication was the biggest challenge because I wanted her to do so many things this way. And when I say resistance was was her her middle name you know anything I told her to do she was looking like oh really okay mm-hmm. and you turn around and say I can't believe you just did that I just told mm-hmm. you that and why I explained it to you why don't you just go ahead and just do it anyway why should you even ask me and it was you know now that you know we're working hard to to bring back um you know bring our lives back together because I want us to have a really, really great relationship. And I say the relationship we actually had when she was younger, you know, because it seemed like it got more strained when she got older because I was still trying to control every mechanism and not hear, you know, what was going on. And it takes a lot out of you. I think I had more sleepless nights caused by myself mm-hmm. because I didn't listen. You know what I mean? I didn't listen and I didn't let her be her. And when I started to think about one, I had to think about myself. And that's not a crime. I had to think about myself. I had to think about my health, my well-being. And, you know, number two, I had to think about, you know, if I'm not here, what is my child going to do? I gave her all the tools she needed. You know, why am I acting like I didn't do that? You know? Why am I not secure in what I did for her? Because that's what I'm doing. So um, I think that bridge right there is what I'm working on. My question for you is, when a relationship is strained, you know, and I'm saying we have come a million miles. When a relationship is strained, is there any extra things that you should be doing? Because I'm I'm like this. we, We communicate really good now, you know. But it's always something in the back where you say, I want to be really careful from what you say, because at any point it can turn and go back to being sour. You see what I'm saying? And that's because they are adults and they don't feel like they have to hear what you have to say. And it's already been issues in the past. So it's already a volatile type of relationship right there. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you say that. I see a lot of um, parents and their children, um, mainly because they cannot connect. They cannot get get through some of the stuff that um, demonstrates or will show up in the way that you just mentioned. So, I mean, when, when you're trying to connect with your child and you see that you keep button heads and you don't see any way around it, just like marriages have mediators. There's mediators for your relationship with your child. Because oftentimes, one may feel uncomfortable speaking. And if one is feeling uncomfortable speaking, it's, it's no conversation. I um, I was just meeting with a, a, a mother and a daughter. And it was just so ironic how the child just, I think she was 30, was just crying. Like, mm. they don't want to see me as an adult. And everything I do, she always finds something wrong with it. So I don't even want to tell her nothing. Mm. And then what you think the parent, the parent was coming to me pretty much saying, she'll never want to spend no time with me. Mm. She always want to be with other people in the family, but she don't want to spend time with me. And then you wind up getting jealous because she went aunt so-and-so, but mm. she not spending time with you. Mm. And it's, it's mainly because there's a certain kind of bond. And I tell people, I say, go ask aunt so-and-so what she do when she talking to each other. <laughs> Find out. And I so-and-so may tell you some things that you may may say, I ain't doing that. Because we're good to say that. Well, I ain't doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm the parent. You, they know they need to respect me. That's why some kids, and, and I don't mean to step on anyone's toes. That's why some kids move to the other side of the globe. Some kids rather live in Alaska than Philly than to be with their parents, right? Right. right. Call my, what, what, that's why they moved? <laughs> I wasn't trying to step on no toes. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. But can I can I can I make the statement because I kind of understand what that parent is going through. I felt something different. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had been a parent for so long. And then when they didn't need me, I didn't know where I fit in. So they didn't say they didn't need me, but my son had a heart. He got married about two years ago. It was almost three years. And he said, mom, got to stop treating me like a, um, I'm going to be married. I'm, I'm a man. And I was going, yes. he doesn't want me anymore. I really didn't know what to do after being a parent for 33 years. Like, yes. what do you do with that? And I came, I got past it, but that's what I felt at that moment. I felt. Yes. I know that job well. Yes, I just say get a life, right? Like you gotta get a life. (laughs) (laughs) But this this job I do so well, like I could do it in my sleep. And you want me to get another job? Yes, you got listen. It's time every job you retire after a while, and your benefit is seeing the success that he has, right? You all want to hold you all wanting to hold on to it without a paycheck. And the wife is like, look, if you tell your mom. To stop coming in here, washing your clothes, washing our dishes. I got that. Now you going into new territory. She's like, I got these dishes. I got, I got our kids. You know what I mean? She's like, tell me, lock the door. Don't be giving me no key. No, I done messed around and got another child now. But she just as bad as him. She is just as bad as him when I tell you. But yeah, that's what I was feeling. I just wanted to share that with y'all because it felt, it felt terrible. But I mean, it's emptiness. So Dr. Tina... Uh-huh. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just gonna say, uh, living vicariously through our children, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the, the, the very delicate 
stepping stones that we have to make, right? So Mm -hmm. when my son was very young and was in school, I used to tell him when I realized trying to get him to do his work and trying Mm -hmm. to get him to get good grades and, you know, being at that age, I was an overachiever. And, you know, I was trying to make sure that he was the only black kid in his school because we lived in Ridley Park and he was Mm -hmm. the only one there. And Mm -hmm. he had a lot. I felt like that was a lot of responsibility. I had been in that situation before, but then it hit me around fourth grade when I finally said to him, you know, I got my high school diploma. Mm -hmm. I have my college degree. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to make it your way because I was finding that my relationship with my fourth grader was coming at the cost of me trying to get him to be a certain type of student. And I had to decide which one was more important. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the same thing now, maybe for some parents and looking at, we want so hard for, we want so much for them to have the good things and to do the right things that, um, as you said, we might be, you know, being a helicopter parent and not giving them the room we learned through our mistakes and it didn't kill us and we're still here Absolutely. and we're trying to keep them from doing it, but then just not knowing when to step back yeah. and when to say, you know, sometimes things are detrimental, sometimes they're not, but just knowing when to say, okay, I need to just step back. I, I, I gotta let go. I gotta, mm-hmm. I gotta let them fly and, and let yeah. them do whatever's coming. Yeah. It, it's funny that you say that it's, 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 We all think about things that we went through in our childhood, right? And we try to prevent our children from going through it. Like, especially the things that we didn't like, I can't believe they had me cleaning the kitchen, the bathroom and taking the trash out. And I'm the girl in the house. I ain't going to have my kids do it. So we don't have our kids do it. And then we raise, and and, then again, not stepping on anyone's toes. Then we raise brats, right? Mm -hmm. Kids that don't want to do nothing. Because what we do is... Oh, I don't want you. <laughs> don't turn. Don't turn. And, I, and I, hey, I'm guilty of it too. I don't want you to have to do this because it was too hard. I want you to just be able to focus on your schoolwork. How many of y'all know y'all give them all that time and they're not focusing on their schoolwork? It's just Hello. parents doing all the work and your kids sitting in their room on their phone, chilling. You all sweating to come <laughs> in their room and you piss. You like want to throw them out the bed, like, get up, help me, right? At the end of the day. We don't want them to have it as hard, right? but it's something about the struggle. It's mm. something about the work. It it's brings out diamonds. To manage all those things and still be successful, right? That's what I tell my parents with the young kids, right? Because I know from experience and I feel like I have good kids. I really do. But if I could do it all over again, I would say, no, you're going to clean the bathroom, take the trash. You're going to do all that stuff that I did, right? I remember asking my son, who's 26, I hope I ain't messed that up, especially if you want to listen to this, right? (laughs) He came downstairs one day, he washed his fork, he washed his fork, didn't even fill the sink up with water, washed his fork, rinsed it off, dried it off and put it in the sink. Mind you, it was like 10 other things in the sink, right? So I just said, hey, why you didn't wash all the other dishes in the sink? I'm just curious. He's like, mom, you don't remember? I was like, tell me. He was like, you don't remember when you said, all I need you to do is clean up after yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you clean up after yourself, that's all I want, right? And we (laughs) teach our kids these things. And I sat there like, 
Okay, we switching it. I want you to clean up after everybody in this house. He's 26 years old. Because he, he took it literally. He, he took did. the direction literally. He did. Listen, to this day, he'll come down the aisles like, don't you dare listen to what I told you 26 years ago. I washed all them dishes. Matter of fact, put them in. Since you ain't even an expert at washing dishes, just rinse them off and put them in the dishwasher. Because we all want to survive after this wash, right? right. <laughs> but he took it literally that he was just supposed to clean up after himself. And it really made me think. I'm like, words matter. Yes, words matter. Yes, I did. And and you're so right, they matter. And we got to be careful what we say. Because at the, in, on the opposite, like I did, I expect him to wash all the dishes. Right. And he gave me that mirror and put it right in my face and said, mm-hmm. mom, and I was like, you know what? You're right. And some of those things we may not even be aware of that we teach our kids and they're just doing what we told them to do. They Don't do. worry about that. Don't worry about cleaning up them shoes. I'll pick them up for you because I know you're going to go upstairs and be studying hard. Like I said, you know, they're not doing that. <laughs> but we right. tell them not to do something. And then when they get older, we have a certain they, level of expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm I tell- oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I was. I would always tell, um, like, um, people that I know that have younger um, teenagers and stuff. And I said, "Well, I can tell you from experience, because I try to tell mine exactly uh, if I saw something on TV. But don't, don't do drugs, or you shouldn't do this, or you need to do that." And, and I was trying to give them all the right things to do, and some of those you know, things they did and some things that kind of backfired and then there's the resistance, there's the arguments, there's the whatever. And I, and I tell the ones that have the, the teenagers, I was like, I could tell you what doesn't work. I could say, don't, I tell them, don't fuss with or argue with your child. I said, find another way. I said, I don't know what the way is. Cause I evidently I did something. <laughs> I didn't do something right with one of mine, even though they were the same. But I said, what's more important now when they get older is the relationship. Yeah. That stuff didn't matter. You right. have all these good grades and you have one and you're focusing on something bad. It doesn't matter. You make a mistake, you do something wrong, and then you, you chastising that child all over again. And like you said, I'm kind of quiet because I said, well, she got me all the way to get nothing <laughs> else for me to say. But I'm, you know, in my feelings. I told you. I told you. You yeah, gonna be in your feelings with her. In a, in like a this. Way. But I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then you go through this thing too. And I was talking to my girlfriend the other day because I told what we this episode was coming up. And I said, sometimes when I have an adult child. I said, sometimes because you don't want to know their what's going on with them because you may not agree with it that you just do the avoidance thing she's like I say you just don't say nothing you kind of find yourself not talking she said well that's really uh, that's really avoiding your situation you really not having a relationship I said okay it's time no I didn't say it's time for us to stop talking but I was like no but it made me think because we can have those conversations I was like you're right I said because you you just want to to have a good relationship with the children at all, all costs. That's something when you were talking about the drugs and not wanting them to do stuff. And sometimes we want to be like, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. I'm going to tell you what I, what I did because it was done for me. I remember when I was younger, and I don't know if any of you remember this commercial. 
it was a commercial of an egg and it was frying. <laughs> a drug. Mm-hmm. They said, don't do drugs because this is what's going to happen to your brain. I was traumatized from that. From that, I said, I'll never do drugs. So I want my brain frying like that egg and then frying. Pan. So what this I is your brain. I, this I, is I, your I, brain on drugs. Yes, that's it. That's it. I'm traumatized, right? I was like, no drugs. No drugs from me. But you know what I did? I found that commercial. And while everybody was downstairs, I played it. And I just let it fry. And I said, what y'all think about that commercial? They ain't even paid no mind. I said, look at it again. And, you know, it's, it's funny because we don't always have to say stuff. But we oh. can put things in the atmosphere so they can know what not to do. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's a valuable point. So and then and then expressing how we express our experiences and the mistakes that we made. How soon would you suggest um, for people that might have teenagers? I was always very open with my kids, and because they were teenagers when I got divorced there were a lot of things that they saw leading up to. And then, you know, once it happened, but how would you say relate the stories that you had, the negative experiences that you might've had to share with them and, and the best way to do that to kind of help maybe avoid what could happen, you know, avoid some of the pitfalls that could happen for them. You know, I would just say be authentic. Whenever they have a conversation with you, don't try to look like the mom that's flawless, right? Mm. Right. Mm. Some stuff, right? I mean, it's a certain language for age appropriateness, right? But when they ask you questions, just answer them honestly. Consider of the age that they are, right? Mm -hmm. And and especially when when we talk about heartaches, I I was in my room with my daughter, right? And and I was like, oh, she's a little girl. I know I got to start. She's 12. I said, I know I got to start, you know, telling, talking to her about like boys. Cause I'm quite sure she done seen it all over the place on YouTube and all that stuff. Right. So I, I communicate to her like, you know, wow. Cause she was having cramps because it was that time of the month. And then we just really started talking about that time of the month. And, and then we started, I said, you get to that age that you probably like boys. And then we just started having that conversation. And I thought that was hard for me because I had boys that I raised all this time. Right. And literally like the dad pretty much handled most of the stuff. Right. So those conversations he had. So I was like, I got to start having these real conversations with my daughter, not because I'm trying to make her go in that direction, but we got to have those real conversations because she's going to have them with somebody, whether it's her friends they're going to talk about some stuff and, and I want to make sure that I'm paving the way so she can come to me. And it's funny because I felt that, um, Dr. Anita did this thing about talking with your daughters or something like that. She did a podcast and I was listening to it a little bit and how it's a strain. And Sarah Jakes was talking about the strain that they have with their daughters. And I didn't hear it all, but the gist of it, it made me think, and there is a strain because I know my daughter's trying to find herself and I'm trying to help her find herself and it may not match. So I have to provide the space to like hear what it is that 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 she want to be. What is it that she want to do? What does her friends look like? And all those different things. And, you know, when our kids hurt, you want to hurt the people that hurt them. Right. Mm-hmm. But we know we can't because we'd be like those parents on YouTube. Old lady <laughs> fighting a 12 year old. Right. <laughs> right. But we want to protect them from everything. But I learned with my daughter, because I was like, our relationship is a little strained. 
Like I felt like her tenseness, but then it was other times I saw that she was real relaxed. And I'm like, how can we have, it was like a night and day experience. I said, when I stopped just coming at her to tell her to clean her room, pick this up, do this, do that, do this. When I wake up, I'm just going to pick that up, pick that up. So I stopped that and I pretty much asked her, I'm like, hey, Trent, what works for you as far as cleaning your room and doing this and doing that, right? And I started helping her sometimes. Like when I saw that she was running real late in the morning for school, I said, oh, let me help you make your bed. I know you don't have time to do it this morning, right? So then I noticed that that was part of her flow. And when I saw that she needed help, I didn't, I wasn't punitive. Like you ain't make your bed. Didn't I tell you make your bed? Cause you know, that's how it normally is. And I remember one time cussing, not cussing my kids out, yelling, yelling my kids out. Right. And I was yelling out so bad. And in my house, there's like a stoop. You step down. I stepped out on that stoop. I broke my heel and I went down like this. And they all, they all wanted to laugh so bad. We still talk about it to this day. They's like, mom, remember you was cussing us out, yelling at us. And then your heel broke and you went down like that. (laughs) But my whole point is, you know, I think God was trying to really get my attention because sometimes we can go off on a tyrant because mm-hmm. right. we running late and y'all ain't moving fast and da-da-da-da-da-da, and we keep doing it. So it's just allowing yourself um, just the space to make a connection with them and not always coming at them with what they didn't do and what you need them to do and just talking. Like I just came in a room and I just started talking to her and I believe it or not, it's only been like a month and I've seen a huge difference. Right. Not coming at her, like, tell your socks. I became like, I, I started helping her. And I thought before that she got to do it all on her own. But I don't even be wanting to do stuff on my own all the time. So sometimes we got to go in there and work beside them. And then just remind mm. them, don't forget tomorrow, clean your room. Okay, mom. My kids know not to slam doors. They know to like make it really underneath their breath, Right. But I could tell when I'm actually getting to them and I don't want that kind of relationship, especially not with my kids, my daughter, you know, my boys, they're good because they're older, but I'm still in that process with my daughter building a relationship with her and just learning that I wouldn't want anybody coming to me, always telling me what I wasn't doing. Like I shut down, like shut up. Like (laughs) when you see them come, you're like, all right, you gotta be respectful. It ain't you know. I mean, that's that's um that's really important. I I think now with hindsight, now you know you most of the times you're taking what you learn from your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, bringing it on to your children yeah. in the, in a parenting style, and um that's when you think more to like what Keisha was saying. You know, us identifying what could I have done different. You know. And I think about even like my kids, I'm like, they're, they're good kids. They're, you know, they haven't done anything to make me say, oh my God, I I wish I would have did this completely different, but I have reflection, you know, and when I say reflection, I say, what could I have done to had a a better communication, um, a line of communication with them, you know, because Mm -hmm. What I didn't like, what my parents did, I tried not to do with them. And that's going to the extreme. And when I say the extreme, where I didn't like the way maybe my mom talked to me. But Mm -hmm. then in hindsight, I was doing a lot of the things that my mom was doing, you know. And I looked at it and then I was was kind of condoning and said, hell, it wasn't that bad. Hell, I turned out all right, you know. 
I, I made out good in life. So what the hell? And why can't she? But th- what I learned, what I learned is this is a different generation. And mm-hmm. they're not like we were. And I, was, I say that because it's almost like they have less tolerance for um, what we used to tolerate. And I say tolerate because we did. We used to tolerate a lot that our parents used to um tell us to do or it wasn't even tell we better do you know what I mean it wasn't yeah. even a it wasn't even a, a question if you were going to do it or not so mm-hmm. in that aspect when we, I think about that um Dr. Tina you know I think that's where the the, the foundation started to crumble you know the good thing is that you always have ch- a chance to rebuild that foundation but the painful part of it is that the foundation has now been cracked and you always know that there. How steady is that foundation now? Because you you want to keep building on it because you want them to carry this on with their kids. You know what I mean? Because you don't want them to carry things that is um, not so pleasant. When I say pleasant, lack of communication is something that could be more detrimental than somebody um, screaming and going on. Because at least you know that you can talk things out and move things along. When you don't talk, everything stops. You know what I mean? Everything really stops. So um, I think the gist of what I'm getting from what you say to um, your adult kids is be able to humble yourself and be able to have a conversation with them. And that's a real big, pleasant start. So um, I think this was an awesome conversation. And Dr. Tina, you just, as usual, you hit it on in every aspect because I know that I'm challenged every day for myself, you know, with trying to make sure that my kids are living, most importantly, a happy life. You know, I don't want anything else for them. I want them to have a happy life. And I carry that. um, And I know everybody else as a parent carries that that heavy heart because you don't want your kid to hurt. You want them to be successful and you don't want anything detrimental to happen to them. So I don't want to be one of the thorns that they have to go through in life because we know that's life period that they're going to run into all type of um, adverse things, controversy or um, pain, just and suffering that life brings you. But um, the relationship between a parent is, I think it's sacred because like he just said, it's family. You know what I mean? Family is everything. You know what I mean? And your immediate family, mom, dad, you know, we're not going to be here forever, but you want them to have cherishing memories of your relationship because I, I I hate to hear when people talk about especially a parent that's um, passed away and they have really derogatory things to say about their parent it's like wow the person never even got a chance to you know resolve their issues and look at this person that's gone on they got children and they're talking like that to their children and their children is going to probably you know what's the residual effect of that but um we can just do around um around Robin and, and tell Dr. Tina if you have any um, final questions, because I really enjoyed this episode. Um, Celeste, do you have any final questions? No, I mean, just when I thought I had it right, I see, you know, <laughs> some things that I probably still need to do, because I'm the helicopter mom, even adulting, but I do it a little clever. So I, yeah, I'll share that with y'all um, and I'll after show some of the little tools I use, but you know, it's always interesting to have this conversation. I think we need more conversations like this. Very helpful. Chauncey? 
Um, Dr. Kena, thank you so much because um, your advice was really helpful. And it's something that now that I'm a grandmother and I'm a grandmother of preteens, so um, I can share some of these tools with my son because he's the father of three girls. And, um, you know, just kind of pass that forward, you know, um, to piggyback on what Kimmy was saying about wanting to see, um, you know, our kids. For me, it's more about joyful. I want to see them joyful um, because joy is something that they'll always have, whether it's a good day or a bad day, right? Um, whether things are going their way or not going their way. But if you wake up with joy um, and just healthy, have them to be emotionally stable and to be healthy, um, I think conversations like this will help us to do that and to to build on that and no matter how old they are. And so, um, and change is always possible. So thank you for your advice. Thank you for being here. It's really appreciated. Thank you. Keisha? Well, Dr. Tina, I have enjoyed um, listening to you. And again, I say, like you say, uh, I got my whole life together um, <laughs> with you giving advice. But um, the one, one takeaway, which is just so awesome, but so simple it's just ask them how do you want me to communicate with you and that was just that's that was the number one takeaway yeah. from the session and uh, quite simple to do all thank right you. so again thank you dr tina you know um on the facebook page you know we take you as an expert because you know some people be going a little ham over there but um <laughs> in case you know we Somebody needs your advice, but um, again, I'm always appreciative of your advice and always appreciative that you come on and give your expertise because um, it is profound and, you know, everybody needs to have um, advice that is going to help them on their day, help them live their best life. And you, you, you said it in the beginning, that's your, your, your line of work. And I know people cherish you because I know I cherish you. So thank you again. So this concludes the episode of Let's Chit Chat, sis. Um, join us next week, um, Wednesday, when we drop our next episode. So um, again, I can't say no more. This episode was profound. So um, catch us on our social media pages, Let's Chit Chat, sis. I'm your girl, Kimmy. We have Celeste. We have Chauncey and Keisha. And again, Dr. Tina. So have a good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.